Okay. Hold on. Let me... <laughs> All right. I think I'm good. Just in case you were actually going to spit 16 bars, I might as well hit record. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, we edit, obviously, most um, nonsense in between. Uh, so it has oh, the fun. nonsense is the best part, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I usually keep a majority of it. Um, you did have okay, a chance good. to look at the questions, I presume? Yeah, I took a glance at them. Uh, the the uh, the blueprint is definitely helpful for sure. Okay, yeah, I don't know if a lot of podcasts do that or not. I like to send you the questions just like the day before, so you uh, you glance at them and you have an idea what we're going to ask, so you're not just like sitting there going uh uh and having to think about it kind of thing. No, it's good. You know, I actually intentionally did a once over, but to not like study them too much, just to kind of leave a little bit of room for spontaneity i guess i like that i like that we try to keep a live show feel but i just don't want people to get caught off guard or have to sit there and think for you know 10 minutes every question you know what i mean yeah so i appreciate that you glanced at them no no thanks for sending them over for sure of course of course um what did i have uh i had something else i was going to ask you real quick before we dived into it and now i'm forgetting because that's okay. I'm gonna pull up the questions on my phone so I know what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> How's your day been, Eric? Pretty good. Oh man, it's it's been okay actually. Um mm. it's just been it's been really busy. Um yeah. and yeah, I mean my my girlfriend's dog is not doing I mean he, he's doing okay, but he's he's older and yeah. she she just got some blood work back from the vet today and so she she kind of caught me up on what's going on with him and uh, you know it's yeah. it's not great i mean he's he's having some kidney issues i mean he's 14 yeah. years old he's a small little brussels yeah. griffon so uh yeah i mean rightfully so she's she was just a little bit thrown off by that so that kind of i mean i i, I love this dog so it kind of yeah bled into my day as well and i've ha- i have like a lot of uh, stuff going on over here so it was just it was a day and i'm still also feeling the cracked out effects of coffee so yeah damn man i'm sorry to hear that i'm a little yeah, pulling through okay yeah thank you i mean um i don't know we'll see I, he's he's been a part of my life for for over a year now um yeah and he's just he's just the sweetest little dog and honestly i grew up with dogs but i never like I never grew an attachment like I have with this one. So, ah, man. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. We were, we were just talking about it a little earlier and right. You know, I'm more so thinking about my girlfriend cause they, yeah. they've been attached to the hip since day one, you know? Right. 14 years. You said, right. Yeah. Man. That is a good long life for a dog, though. At the end yeah. of the day, it is. I'm on it the, is on the slightly brighter side of things. No, I mean I, I, that's the way I kind of look at it. Is um, mm-hmm. you know, when when you think about a dog living <laughs> as long as he has so far, I mean, look, he's not as he, luckily he's not in his deathbed. He's right. He's thriving. He's living a very good life. Um, so, but I think that doesn't take away the idea of of you know. The natural process of of the life cycle it's just you know yeah so do you guys have pets yeah i have a cat it's, yeah uh, my my partner's cat she uh she had it before we moved mm-hmm. in together um, but yeah. after we got married we moved in and yeah i would 
I love this cat very much. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> yeah, those I know. Conversations I, I, come. I never, I never, um, I, I didn't expect to, to kind of grow this attachment to this little guy, but, but he's such a sweet little thing. And, um, I don't really peg myself to be like, I mean, I love dogs. I love cats too. I mean, I, I love mm. animals, but, um, yeah. but this, this particular being just kind of got me and I just have like a real, bond with it like my own personal bond with it so yeah you know it breaks my heart when i hear my girlfriend you know in, in a panic telling me about what she learned today with the 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 blood work so anyways not to kick off the podcast in a sort of downer <laughs> no angle, worries but yeah no, of course i mean uh, it comes with the genre eric we're, we're very used to it <laughs> <laughs> exactly heavy topics so, are, are not new to the, the genre yeah, yeah. Or the where, where, where are you guys um reporting from where are you guys based in reporting sound makes me sound so fancy <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in ontario just outside of toronto Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Elias is, is in the States there. Yeah, I'm out in Fullerton, um, in uh, Orange County. Okay, so you're on my side. Yeah, we're both PST. Yeah. I think you uh, You mentioned you were in LA now, I think? No, I was in LA, but we're all in San Francisco now. Oh, cool. I, I moved here mid-pandemic. Um, mm. July 2020, I moved up here. And, and Jeff has been here for like 20 years. And, oh, wow. uh, and Sean grew up here, so... Right. There was, um, well, you know, like I was in LA for a few years and um, everything just kind of ran its course there. And then the pandemic happened and then it really felt like LA died for me. So yeah, um, my lease happened to be up when um, this opportunity came up up here and I just kind of jumped on it. And and yeah, it was one of the best decisions I made in the past couple of years. Just, just That's awesome. the very like on the spot relocating and then just coming up here. And I mean, it was kind of a no brainer because, because Jeff and Sean are up here mm -hmm. and um, it just makes it a lot easier to hang and be creative together. That's really sick. It's always cool yeah, when you get it, to like live in the same city as your friends again. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, it, it felt good. I mean, of course the, the climatizing to, you know this kind of new landscape that we've been in i mean it's definitely mm. improving but uh, you know i feel like we're just now or at least for me personally i'm I'm just kind of coming out of this i mean i'm still very careful i, I still haven't gotten covid yet um okay, so i, very I cool. have a very mindful as like I'm, I'm very mindful of it still even though a lot of people i think are just kind of moving on with things i'm still very aware of it and uh yeah you know no, I feel that I'm one of like three people who wears a mask at work or I'm like masks <laughs> at shows. Go. Still getting yeah. side eye in the grocery store. It's so weird. I know. I, I fucking hate <laughs> the low key judgment that you can feel. <laughs> it's like, Fuck what if I'm, you, what if I just have a flu? You don't want the flu, right? Like, yeah. People, I went to, um, me and my girlfriend went to this. We did like a, an Airbnb, like, like tiny home style, uh, for, for, um, for New Year's, and That's it was like sick. up in up in Auburn area, like kind of like towards Tahoe, middle of nowhere, fucking like just very rural. And so we had to like stop at a Target or something to just get some snacks or whatever. And uh, you know, we were the only ones wearing masks, and everyone else was just low, <laughs> low key looking at us like we were fucking. I don't know, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah, fucking right. care. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get fucking sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, I feel you. It's funny you mentioned you're like, oh, I can like 
I can feel their judgment when they look at me. Because if I walk by someone wearing a mask, all I'm thinking is nerd. (laughs) 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 Which is like, you know, do your thing. It's not a problem, but it's funny because the judgment is, of course, it's happening, right? Yeah, people people are judging. (laughs) People are judging up, down, left, and right, no matter where you're at. You know, exactly. Yeah, I think it's just a part of the uh, just part of human nature, I suppose. Even though I, I think we're all guilty of it, but I, I, I try to avoid it as much as possible. You know, I try to, I try to, I try to be as empathetic of a person as I can be. Even though, oftentimes, you know, the general public just constantly fucking i don't want to say it fails me or lets me down but man it's like you walk out into the chaos and it's just like fuck like where where's the civility where is it gone where do we go it's from like here out too. the door where do we go from here you know like global warming and fucking unjust wars and mm. police brutality and that's why i like to keep it not insular but i i i love connecting with you know far away friends like you guys or like mm. you know playing music with my friends um keeping creative keeping you know keeping occupied with with positive things you know yeah and keeping things simple too i think that's really um i think that's a really important aspect because it's it's so chaotic out there that i think like finding simplicity in what you do and it just it works for me i don't know yeah, I, th- I think that tracks and makes sense. We all use this type of stuff to, I mean, if I didn't have, if Rob hadn't given me a shot with, you know, writing articles and then working on the podcast, I'd just be, I'd just be milling around out there as long yeah. as anyone else. So how, how totally did you, how that. did you two connect? Cause you're, you're in California and then you're, you're up in Canada, Ontario. Like what's your friendship based on? <laughs> it's a Reddit post. This <laughs> podcast and a Reddit post. Elias was a, a fan for a long time. And uh, one day I was just like, hey, have you ever like thought of like writing? Because you're so passionate about music. Yeah. Like, yeah. What for? I'm like, for this blog. Like, I wanted articles. And then, and then uh, I wanted a co host. And then he's so, he's hosted solo. But I think, uh, what was our first point of contact? A Reddit post, you said? Uh, we, we had become like Instagram mutuals like w- years ago when you had initially conceive the idea of the blog and then the podcast and we're like i wanted people in on this and i like messaged you and was like i'd be really interested in doing this and then it was one of those things where you were working on it and then i was trying to write but then i went back to school full-time and i wound up like we stayed in touch but i wound up like not really doing much um as far as like submitting articles or anything and then later on i started writing again for another friend's blog and i posted about it it was uh right it was a pure what yeah, happened re- to our conversations? Because you, yeah, were, you were like you were... day one of not just a phase. And then I saw you posting articles and I was like, hold on, hold on. You said you were busy. <laughs> I thought you were too big. That's the thing. You know, oh. I was like, no, he's got a dedicated <laughs> team. Like it's looking good over there. Yeah, I know. Now, yeah, now I know. Now, now I've seen the rats in the kitchen. So <laughs> you've seen what's behind the curtain now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but we definitely want to hear more about your world and all those like lovely insights yeah, yeah, you're giving let's... us a taste of. Let's get so, to you and let's get to the uh yeah, yeah. And, and apologies before I, I didn't realize that my uh my camera wasn't on so No, it's all good. We only if you don't want it on, whatever you're comfortable no, with. No, I think really it's nice. Mind. It's 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 nice. I don't typically mm-hmm. like to be on camera, but I, I find that it, it works really well in, in these types of exchanges. So Yeah. I agree, I agree. Yeah. I never I never post the the video either. Mm-hmm. Um 
sometimes I record the video and then ask the band later, like, hey, if you're okay with it, can I post the video on like a Patreon thing later? But it, it yeah. still hasn't happened. I've gotten permission to do it. So and just haven't built it into the format yet. Just haven't. Yeah. <laughs> something we're uh, something we're building up to. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to springboard into some more stuff in the next year or so with the podcast. Mm. So. I think it's cool. You know, I I um, you know, I, I have a podcast as well. I'm not. I'm probably not nearly as consistent or prolific as you guys have been. Um, I started it a couple of years ago, but I'm I'm bringing it back. I mean, again, with the, this whole yeah. pandemic business, I kind of lost sort of any kind of inspiration or motivation to to well to do the podcast but to let alone really yeah. do anything creative and then finally i got back to it and i just started um doing episodes again these past few months yeah um and i'm, I'm starting to slowly roll them out even though i really feel like i need to get on a schedule but um yeah but it's been super fun that's cool i mean we we actually got some questions for you about your podcast too. So, you know, oh, cool. I listened to a few episodes. Really love the one you did with uh, Sean from Loma. That was my but first I'm a, one. I'm a Loma fanboy though. So, like, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that came about because when JD um, kind of came back after so long, Loma was one of the first bands that we went on tour with and we just became fast friends. And, um, and yeah it just made perfect sense you know like i just i just feel like you know sean and 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 loma prieta just what they've done in hardcore and punk and just them as people i was just like i think i think sean would be a perfect person to kick this off with because you know we were you know we became super friendly on tour and then it just it just became very easy um mm. in terms of just having conversation a conversation with him so yeah. um but it's funny how how things work out because um you know Sean is now in in JD uh he, he started playing with us yeah maybe 2 years ago in the middle of the pandemic you know while being up here we asked if he wanted to join the band and um so I, again to reflect on like these 2 or 3 years like I couldn't have expected any of it but um it's it's wild to think how it all kind of came about but yeah anyway Sean Sean wasn't my Sean was my first guest and um yeah that kind of kicked it all off yeah we'll dig into that a bit more um I think we uh Rob did you want to are we going to run the intro or how do you want to start this yeah we'll run the intro had to throw okay. the format out the window with the casual conversation which is nice though yeah I'm not, I'm not it's very <laughs> yeah it's flowing but, very, very well but of course well. yeah if, if you want to just kind of not stick to the script but if you want to kick that off and then see where it goes I, I'm, sure. I'm in your hands whatever I'll, you guys want to do I'll introduce you at uh, 17 minutes into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back to another very strange episode of Not Just a Phase. We're off format. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here on this crazy planet we call Earth. We're online at notjustaphase.net. We're on Instagram at notjustaphaseworldwide. And occasionally, my friend here, Elias, tweets some sort of nonsense at NJAP Worldwide as well. Today, Elias is co-hosting with me, and we're obviously very excited. You've heard we've been talking with Eric from the infamous Jerome's Dream, originally a Connecticut-based screamo band from about 97 to 2023 to forever. We are honored to be chatting with him today about keeping the dream alive. 
Hey, this is Eric from Jerome's Dream, and this song is called South by Isolation off our forthcoming album, The Gray in Between, and you're listening to Not Just a Phase. got uh, all the shit out of the way we asked how you're doing today and all that good stuff but for the listeners who may not know just want to tell us obviously what your name is and what role it is you play in the band yeah i loved i love that official intro that was nice um yeah my name is eric hello everyone i'm i'm a third of drums dream i played drums in the band and uh i'm really stoked to meet you guys it's really cool to meet you yeah, we, we discussed earlier that you, you have your own podcast and a lot of people don't realize that there's like a lot of work involved in that. You said you wanted to get back on schedule and things of that nature, but do you do you listen to any podcasts in your free time? Because after editing my own, I don't listen to them as much anymore. That's but interesting. I, that, yeah. I almost, I, I do listen to different podcasts for different reasons. Um, you know, I, I do... I do. Um, I listened to this one podcast called the Rich Roll Podcast. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's like a, a vegan ultra endurance athlete, and he um, 
he interviews just like a lot of thought leaders and like scientists and philosophers and um you know like navy seals and neuroscientists and stuff but anyways it's it's just a really interesting um podcast that just covers a lot of aspects of of just being a human um and then there's this other podcast that's sort of adjacent to that um this Speaking of neuroscientists, this neuroscientist, um, his name is Dr. Andrew Huberman. Um, and he goes, he's more on the academic side of things, but his podcasts are really fascinating because he talks a lot about, you know, the importance of sleep and um, mm. the inner workings of vision and like in sunlight and all of these things that are way above my pay grade. But I just love listening to it because it's, it's just, um, it just deepens your way of of it, it it deepens your perspective on things um and it kind of just opens up sort of your way of thinking about how we work as as these weird beings that we are and and then also just seeing how other people operate and what what they do in their lives and um how that can kind of uh affect yours you know, so it's like it's it's not like if you listen to any one of these interviews and then you suddenly adopt like the philosophy of this person on on or guest on his podcast, and I'm talking about um, Rich Rolls. But I just I I like I like taking pieces of things. You know, um, mm-hmm. I like consuming a lot of information, and I somehow shape things in my mind based on that you know um and it's not like mindless scrolling or like mindless uh i mean i'm deliberate in what i try to listen to or what i try to read um so when i listen to podcasts a lot of it is just to more so um broaden my perspective on things but that said i also like this um podcast called the nine club which basically just just uh interviews skateboarders you know because i grew up skateboarding I love and, the Nine uh, Club. Yeah, Nine Club is great. And it's just really cool to um you know, they they interview like a lot of the the the, the new kids doing it who are just like fucking above and beyond um talented and then the old schoolers like like Tony Hawks and you know, Lance Mountains of the World, Bones Brigade, you know, the 80s and early 90s stuff. Um but I thought a cool thing with the nine club and then this this doctor andrew huberman i'm talking about he's he's a stanford-based uh neuroscientist professor um working um i think he's running his own program there which is pretty cool but he's actually from the skateboard world and i think that's kind of cool like this 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 super academic um very hyper focused uh you know professor who happened to be in the skate world and, you know he he talks often a lot about how he um he grew up around like you know this pro skater mike carroll and like all these plan b skaters um in like the bay area so i don't know it's weirdly all connected in some way or another that's really neat you still skateboarding because my next question is going to be like what sort of uh, passions and hobbies are occupying your free time? Obviously, outside of the band. I yeah, I, 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 I don't skate anymore. I miss yeah. it a lot. Um, 
I mean, I, I still have a skateboard in my trunk. I never take it out. <laughs> it's just there um, for emergencies. It's just, or... it's just there, just in case I need just to. Just in uh, case. You just know, kind of shred some do a kickflip. <laughs> um, but no, I, huh? <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I, I don't skate anymore. I do. I do. Um, I try to get on the mountain on occasion and do some turns on a snowboard or something. But I, I've been running seriously for for a few years now so i do a lot of trail running and um i do a lot of hiking i started doing a lot of like uh solo hikes like just very like absurdly long solo hikes um which i love i love solitude i love being by myself um so if it's not music it's definitely like you know either running through the city or, or running in the woods or or hiking somewhere you know like uh a few months ago, I went to Sawtooth um, National Park in Idaho. I just flew over there, rented a car, drove two and a half hours to the trailhead, and just you know disappeared for a couple of days. And like it was, it's nice, you know. It's like it's very physical, but it's also very meditative. It's also um, I don't know. There, there's there's something about suffering in the middle of nowhere that I I enjoy. I mean, I can I can get with that. I love camping. So I've never gone yeah. like on multiple day camping sojourns, but I like not having electricity to cook my food and struggling to start a fire. And I know something about that actually feels very fun. It's primal. Yeah, exactly. It's, prim- yeah, it's primal. Yeah. Yes. It's primal. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's, um, there's something about being out in nature that, um, I don't know. I feel like something kicks in like biologically or something something kicks in to you and um i don't know i just i just really i just really love it because i always come out of it feeling kind of blissed out you know um but yeah i wish i could do it more i mean i have some i have some stuff or some places i want to go this spring um but we'll see it's things are going to be so busy because obviously a lot of the drums dream stuff that's coming up uh, right there's just less and less time as we're kind of you know bulldozing ahead towards may which is when our touring starts and stuff so right i'm really i'm very much immersed in that so i i you know i only have so much time at this point because i'm fully immersed in in jd land right now yeah no that makes sense yeah i wanted to get to that um before the dream you know, looking mm-hmm. at your origin story, do you recall how you first got into punk rock? Like your first introduction, maybe your first song or yeah, um, how it found you? I would attribute that to my older sister, um, which is funny because she's like, she's not really punk at all anymore. You know, she's, she's, uh, but you know, when she, she was younger, did, she was, did she phase she was, out. Hold on. Did she phase out? Did she phase out? Yeah. He's really? asking if it was just a phase. Yeah, does she not oh, listen to punk or participate anymore? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, she went to art school when she was. She went to this like um, sort of after school art program in high school, and uh, I think she was just kind of brushing elbows with like a lot of punk kids and skaters and stuff. This was like in the eighties, but anyway, my my exposure was through her music collection. I think with you know, the other kids that she was hanging out with, she was, I mean, she had all this music from like the cure and the Smiths. And I'm remembering now like in excess REM, um, Depeche mode. And in addition to those bands and groups, she, I'll never forget this. She had this cassette tape. It just said compilation on it, but there was no track list. There was no 
there was nothing. It, it was like this silver cassette, just a compilation. But there was so much stuff on it that kind of it hit me on at such on such a visceral level where I was just like, what what is this stuff? Like who's making this type of music? Because there was like so, there was some stuff that almost sounded a, a little like early industrial and then there was like stuff like i feel like i feel like you know it's probably like sex pistols and like circle jerks and you know the cramps and i'm just trying to remember like what it was but i basically took that tape and just listened to it on repeat and um that was kind of my first exposure to music that was quote unquote like other you know it, it wasn't pop music it wasn't on, on mtv it was just like this this lone cassette tape and i just became kind of obsessed with it cuz i loved the way it made me feel and i was a, i was such a young kid um but then it wasn't until you know cuz i was skateboarding in those early days and um fast forward a few years that type of music i found in skateboard videos I'm like, oh shit. And then so skateboarding and this music was all, it was all together, you know, punk and like skating and graffiti and stuff. It was all, I, I was kind of, this world was kind of coming together for me during that time. And I loved it all because it, it felt, it was obviously new to me, but it also felt super secret and like underground. Um, and then it wasn't until I was like around 14 or 15 where I went to my first local show at this all ages DIY club called the tune in in New Haven, Connecticut. And that's where my, my whole world kind of just blew up where I was hooked, you know, like live music, seeing these, uh, these bands like th throw down on this stage in this like shitty small, like, you know, graffiti covered club and i just thought it was so fucking rad and so i just hell yeah 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 so i just like would go to as many shows as possible and then i realized that like my friend group was kind of forming around these shows and if we weren't at the shows we were at this local coffee shop where you know kids were throwing tags around the corner and skateboarding out front and drinking you know overly sweetened coffee that was me and uh it was just you know and like smoking a joint or something like it was just a, it was a really it was a really formative and like great time, you know, because this was also pre-internet. This was like mid '90s, basically, and it was just it was just such a special time because I don't know, there was just such a concentrated presence of like young energy. You know, not to sound like an old timer saying that now, but like <laughs> it was, it was just it was the best, and you know, so we we were always at the shows and um saw a lot of really cool bands it was awesome yeah and we we fast forward a little bit more you're not in connecticut anymore you said you're right. in a different location now what's the scene like in your current area like today it's 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 hard it's hard to say like i know that look i i think there's i think there's bands all over you know, there's there, there's kids in basements, there's people making shit, you know, on their laptops, there's there's kids, you know, and people just collaborating with their friends and trying to make something, you know, like I, I whether it's here in like the Bay Area or whether it's, you know, 
in the middle of Ontario or if it's in Florida or if it's in fucking Australia or if it's in Germany, like, like there are people everywhere making stuff. And I think the one, the one thing that I'm picking up on now is that I, I don't like, obviously there's like quote unquote local stuff happening, but it, it feels more singular to me than ever just because there's such a, um, there's such access to everything because everything also just lives online. It's like online is almost the the, sp the space for it, you know? But then when you get to the show and you see some old homies or like you see this band that you've been following for a minute and then suddenly you're hearing the song live that you've been listening to on Bandcamp or whatever, you know, it's like a, it's a different engagement in a way versus, you know, the old days. I know this still goes on, but back in the day... <laughs> <laughs> you know it was it was you know pouring through the milk crates yeah. of like a, a a distro a kid who had like you know all the cool records and he just had like one lone crate that you would dig through and discover you know a jesuit seven inch or like a botch seven inch or you know sleepy time seven inch or a reversal of man puritan split you know i'm just recalling all of these things that i saw i found back in the day that just you know blew me away and just like changed my my perspective on on you know creative expression creativity uh music you know so with all these bands being you know so globally united yeah is there a specific like one band right now that sticks out to you that that you love that you don't think is getting enough attention so you could shine a spotlight on them yeah, well, I mean, speaking of local, um, mm -hmm. there there is a great band here. Uh, you probably know who they are. You might have even interviewed them. Is is Hawak? Uh, I don't know. If, we uh, haven't Hawak. yet, but big yeah, yeah, fan. yeah. Big so fan. so Hawak, uh, we're we're in the same rehearsal space. We don't share the same room, but we're in the same building. So we happen. Uh, Sean already was friendly with those guys, and then Jeff and I, we were just on the corner hanging, and and we met them, and. Um, really nice guys and and um yeah and they're they they live up here and um so last year we we invited them to play a few shows with us because we did a couple dates in the northwest and um i think we did uh, we we played a show down here in oakland and and they they played with us and you know that's a type of band that i think um you know has has the energy has the thing has the rawness has the there's no wall between what they're trying to do expressively and who's receiving it in my opinion you know i i see i've seen them play live a handful of times now and they just there there's just that thing and um it's cool to see you know it's cool to see a, a slightly younger band um just pouring it out you know because i think it's it's not as common as you would like it to be, you know, to, to, to come across a band that you can actually feel them pouring the shit out, you know, like just putting it all out on the table for everyone to see. And, um, you know, I think they're definitely a band that if you haven't listened to yet, you should check them out. They're great. I was lucky enough to catch them at uh, new friends fest last year, 2022. And, yeah. Uh, completely agree. Seeing them live is just crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah they're nuts. But uh, let's talk about let's talk about the dream, the upcoming album here, the gray in between. For those who don't know yet, you can cop a special vinyl variant from the band at ZBR Fest, which is coming up. 
and there's pre-orders for the vinyl from iodine say that right that did right? yeah iodine mm-hmm. okay i was gonna make sure cut myself out not knowing how to pronounce that like an asshole <laughs> they're also <laughs> on death wish pa- patient zero smart punk revolver micro spy has copies so get that pre-order if you haven't already and I think thanks for that. Elias had some questions regarding the album coming up. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure we all do. That's what everyone's yeah. here to hear, right? Everyone's very <laughs> That's excited what they're listening for. for. <laughs> it's true. The singles have been incredible, by the way. Like oh, the work you. y'all have been doing recently. It's just, thank it's really exciting to see you guys do the thing again. Like, yeah. Thank, thank, thanks for that. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're so excited and we're so eager to, I just want May 5th to, to get here. Um, I could barely, concentrate on anything else when, <laughs> when when we were rolling out these songs because we've been we've been working on them these past couple years almost mm-hmm. um because during the pandemic the one thing that kind of gave us a not a purpose but it just gave us a a, a thing to kind of latch on to was our you know we kind of got into this schedule of getting into the rehearsal space like like once everyone got vaccinated and once we all felt safe going into a, a building and you know mm. i mean it, it, it the buildings actually weren't like the rehearsal space wasn't even that busy during those days but we would we would get in the space and we would spend hours just playing and and just ended up writing and it became such a nice um we got into practice. this really yeah this rhythm of just practicing and writing and we weren't on a schedule we weren't playing shows that's for sure so like we were just able to immerse ourselves in the writing process for the first time in a very long time and like it was so nice too because for me um you know just just having been around for a minute this was the first time in my like older years where i was able to really focus on on you know kind of mapping out these songs bringing them to to jeff and sean and then us being able to workshop them for hours and uh anyways long story short we we labored over this this thing and we and this is like totally genuine like we couldn't be more proud of this body of work that we've done and i'm just so eager to share it and can't wait for this thing to come out because for me it's like the favorite it's my it's like the favorite um, of anything we've done like i i'm really proud of this stuff so and i i, I truly just say that genuinely like i'm not trying to plug this shit i'm just very excited <laughs> of course i mean why wouldn't you be excited on like the newest thing you've actually got to like really dig into and get your hands on and you know yeah. after being yeah. a band for so long and then being away for a while coming back doing it a little bit again and then the pandemic and getting to <sighs> yeah. sink your teeth back into that whole process i'm sure it's been incredible so like so you said that you guys got to like kind of really sit down and just write the music did that was that also like you kind of mapped out like okay we have maybe someone in mind for the artwork we have maybe someone in mind for mixing and mastering or did it kind of evolve as the songs came and went well the the aspect of creation um there wasn't really much of uh an agenda it was more like let's just see what comes out Let's see how it sounds. I mean, there there were moments in the in the process where we would just play a part a million times over and over again, like a broken record. Like we would just yeah. play one part and we would we would just stay on it and just allow that to kind of become something or not become something. Like we were really just we just kind of allowed it to do its thing. And um 
there were some there were some there were some days where a, a song would just come together in a couple days you know and then there was some where we had to put it on ice and then get back to it two or three months later and then suddenly it clicked you know it's like it's a weird thing there was no like linear real linear aspect of like how the songs came to be um but to your second you know to answer your second part of the question with regard to like you know artwork and album title and stuff that that all came much later hmm. and that was still kind of a thing that organically came together sort of at the time it was supposed to like we didn't we weren't forcing it you know we just kind of assessed what we had um you know and then when it came to the album title that's actually extracted from the first single stretched invisible from london that the great the line the gray in, be in between is part of the first song um and i think jeff put that on the table for consideration because there's just something about he just said there was something about that line that for him just kind of enveloped everything about you know the 10 songs that we made for this thing so sean and i it, it just resonated immediately with us and we're like okay like that's what this thing is called the gray in between you know and then suddenly it kind of took on its own life by naming it and um, yeah yeah
that's really cool i mean just that whole idea i mean once we everyone had kind of seen like oh well like you know now sean leary's in the band too like it became there was there's a little bit more of a fervor and excitement because you know everyone loves you guys obviously always have but everyone really loves loma too yeah and so like having sean sure. come in and you guys were already kind of friends and stuff so did that kind of help with the chemistry like with writing and all that or was it like kind of a new interesting challenge having him on that's like a good a question person? that's a really good question you know like chemistry i think is a really big aspect of whether or not a band or any collaborative effort works you know and for us we just got really fucking lucky because we didn't really know because we were friends first and then and because i was kind of nervous personally like i don't want to fuck up my friendship with this guy like i don't want to compromise what we established as like as friends not bandmates mm. it's different with jeff and i because jeff and i are like you know brothers with really deep history because you know we were we've been friends since kid you know since we were kids you know when we started the band but um chemistry wise you know there there was something so seamless about involving sean in the mix and i think you know jeff and i were i think involving anyone beyond jeff nick and myself we were a little bit nervous because when we when we returned um, touring in 2019, mm. we had added a second guitar player, not as a member, but just as like additional help because we wanted we wanted to have two guitars. So, you know, when we invited Sean to play with us, the the original intention was to have Sean be our second guitarist. You know, to to be there with Nick. Um. Mm. And this is something that I, I've only touched on once or twice uh, so far regarding Nick and his involvement or not being involved. Uh, um, you know, it, it's 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 hard for me to still wrap my head around. Um, there's still like a little bit of open endedness, you know. Like Nick, he he's always been kind of a, a mysterious guy. He's always been a quiet guy, and. Mm. I think after the amount of touring we did in 2019 and then when the pandemic hit and when, when we were still feeling the, 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 the itch to get back to it, um, I think things revealed themselves to be really difficult uh, logistically. And, and I think even financially, you know, to have uh, right. one of us on the other side of the country, because Nick is still in Connecticut. I think mm -hmm. I don't even know where he is. Honestly, we haven't spoken to him in quite a long time. We've tried to reach out to him and, you know, he was aware that we were going to play a few shows without him just because we couldn't coordinate enough time for rehearsals coordinate. To, I mean, we had every intention of having Nick, if anything, just be on the record for some parts, but we didn't even get that far. So it just, it's just one of those unfortunate things where you have to like acknowledge just what it is and be like, well, fuck, you know, that's, it's like a, it's a real bummer, but, um, yeah, you know, we had to keep going and we tried to give Nick every opportunity to keep going with us. And it just didn't seem like it was aligning or gelling. And so, um, so that's where, we are just kind of like, well, sometimes you just have to like, you know, have have acceptance of the circumstance 
of course there there's there, there's a personal element to it where you, you kind of don't know where your friendship lies with someone that you've known since you were 16 or 17 years old but then like you fast forward to you know 20 years later where you're doing this thing and you're really trying to do this thing you know and um yeah it just sucks when you can kind of like it's it's almost similar to what we were talking about at the top of the conversation about uh yeah. you know feeling low-key judgment by people you don't even know why well, I, I could feel like the low-key hurt and you know hurt feelings and and i think um you know i'm sure nick probably feels pretty uh displaced in the context of this whole thing and we haven't even had a chance to talk to him about it but um anyway yeah when i when i think about it when i talk about it i just get really bummed out it just sucks but because we really wanted it to not go down the way it did but it it did and honestly like um at the at the rate we're going right now like we just can't we can't we're not going to stop you know and yeah the momentum's already been built. It's That's nothing. Kind of... It's like, yeah. So, anyway, real I mean, quick we'll more bummer note. shit, man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, thank you for note. sharing it with us. Real quick on that note, I've always said that sure. you know people who have never been in bands don't understand that it is hard because it is like you are dating your best friends, and that's the best way I can explain it. And any relationship is hard, let alone one that that's like that intimate, creating things together, and shit happens. Yeah, it could it could be really intense. I mean, even within the the, the circles of like our, our immediate circles now, you know, like I mean, it's funny. Jeff and I, you know, we <laughs> I think it was like a rehearsal or two ago. At one point, you know, Jeff was like complaining about something, and I basically like I kind of shut it down, where, where I was just more or less like, "Man, dude, fucking get over it! Like, just fucking handle it!" You know? And he's like, "Don't minimize my feelings." <laughs> like again dating yeah yeah okay you know, and, but, but then like you know five minutes later we're fucking ripping into a song you know it's great like yeah i mean it's just brotherly love uh it's just really funny um but yeah it's intense and again to what you were saying about chemistry uh with what has been so clear in this whole um you know i would say a new chapter of the band um jeff Sean and myself, there's something very intact and something very, I mean, I don't really know how to articulate it, but it's just all there, you know, mm. the friendship is there. The foundation is there with that. And then the, the, the intention behind our playing is synchronized, you know, like, like the, the way Sean plays, I mean, like you said, it's he's Sean from fucking Loma Prieta. Like he just he's been doing this for so long as well, and he just has such a such an amazing sonic aesthetic, such an amazing like like when you hear the guitar, you could tell it's Sean. You know, yeah. whether it's whether it's tone, texture, just the fucking way he lays into his strings. I mean, he's constantly breaking strings. Um, yeah, well, I mean, just, he goes pretty hard. So he goes hard, and this is what I love about him because he fucking goes hard in rehearsal. I mean, we all do, but like it's nice to see you know when because jeff and i were it we're almost like one piece when we're playing it's like mm. we just we the way we play it's just there's such a synchronicity and then you have sean who just kind of adds to it and yeah it's fucking cool man i mean we're so grateful to have him in the mix and um you know he 
have him, you know, with us. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like, yeah, I, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but like a whole new Jerome's dream, a whole new era. It, it absolutely is. Even you just know? from 2019, when you were talking about um, everything that had happened with yeah. Nick. Um, and so I know that in the past too, I think I'd read some interviews or heard something where you felt maybe the, the, the first LP back, the 2019 LP, it felt yeah. like a little, felt tight, like kind of constrained, maybe rushed in some portions. So it sounds like this LP it you guys had more room to breathe and do you do you feel like that real difference in like how it was oh, in 2019 absolutely absolutely because um the the lp in in 2019 was so difficult to make because we were in three different parts of the country mm. uh we hadn't played in a room for 17 years or something i mean there was a lot of stuff against us you know and we we realized how ambitious it was to it was just such a it was such a challenging um just from a creative standpoint it was just it was really hard to get in sync and mm -hmm. you know i think the record is okay but it, like it it we just felt all this pressure you know we 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 really yeah. wanted it to be good and I don't think we had our footing at the time when we made it, you know, it's like, we wanted it to be a certain way. And I, I, again, I think like all of the components were just not lining up. They, they didn't line up. And, mm -hmm. um, so I think to sort of offset that, you know, we were, I mean, we ended up playing almost 60 shows that year, you know, and I think that was our way of being like, like, okay, yes, we made this record. And, and yes, like, you know, we, we did this like crowdfunding thing to even we, we you know we we crowdfunded the record to see if people were even interested or wanted to see us come back yeah and when we successfully funded the record and it allow us it allowed us to like you know get plane tickets to fly each other to you know rehearsals and you know get equipment that we needed and to actually press the record because we did everything ourselves and the, the whole mm. bit it was insane like what we took on but we could not have done it without everyone who was stoked to help us come back. And so right. we basically decided, well, we're going to fucking tour the shit out of whatever. Like we're just, we're just going to tour. And so we were so lucky to play with so many bands like Loma, uh, Touche Amore, um, you know, Soul Glow, Gouge Away. Uh, we did a few shows with Vane. Um, you know, we toured with Daughters and Europe. Uh, it was it was a really insane year, and um, you know, I think all of that touring is actually what kind of accelerated us to this place where we wanted to come out the gates. You know, like we we yeah, but we just simply couldn't achieve that. But now, now we're finally back back on the saddle, as they would say. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that sounds like everything's kind of falling back into place and clicking. Yeah, I feel like finally it's now like we're at a we're in we're at a place where it's like you know we we have our we have our epicenter. You know, we have our place to meet and play hmm. and create, and we're all here. You know, um, and we're so lucky to have the attention that we have right now um, to be able to go back out and tour and. Uh, you know, interact or or rather play with with other bands or to like you know talk to fellow punks and like just like do the thing. You know, it's really cool. 
It is um, really cool. Like I, I honestly, I'm 43 years old and like, I couldn't be more thankful to have this in my life. Like, you know, I appreciate everyone, everyone who has the white picket fence and the two car garage. That's awesome. But like, for me, I just, I, all I want is like to cook delicious food, run a few miles a day and like tour and make records. <laughs> I mean, how more could you really ask for? Simplicity, uh, man. I, 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 I'm not knocking you for it. It sounds real nice, especially the way you're framing it. Um, so keeping on yeah. talking about the album, I was wondering, I know you mentioned it a little bit, like it's from the song stretch invisible to London, but what, what does like the gray in between kind of feel like to you? Cause I was reading an article and I saw that part of it. I think you were talking about, um, it's like a reminder to move forward, even in the face of hopelessness, which is really, it's nice to hear like mm. heavier music that kind of pushes in that direction a bit more, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm, that's what is really actually making me really excited about the new album. It's that there, it feels like there's this empowering vehicle of pain that you guys are trying to exhibit through your narrative or um, how, how does it feel to you in that? That's a really good question. Um, and, and, you know, thanks for the, for that kind of acknowledgement. Cause yeah, like uh, I think that at this point, in the game for me and I think for us as a band, um, you know, I think it really is important to, yeah, be able to tap into the the hurt and like the pain and the anxiety and all the thing that everyone feels, but to still have some aspect of optimism and to be able to have a pathway through one way or the other, you know, like life is hard, shit is hard. Um, but you know, in terms of like the actual song, um, uh, the actual album title, the gray in between, you know, um, to be honest, I think Jeff would be able to articulate, articulate it better than me, but we did touch on it. We were just talking about it casually just a, a week or two ago. And he was kind of saying how, you know, we, we, we live in this, this, this kind of like polarized world i'm paraphrasing but kind of like a black and white world very yeah. polarized very like it's like one thing or the other you mm -hmm. know and like there's no room for for like the middle ground or there's no room for like something else it's like you know i think culture at large especially american culture but i think it's happening around around the world is you know people are like well it's my way and that's the only way yeah. you know and then and if it's and then if you're not in line with how you think then or, or i'm sorry if you're not in line with how i think then we can't be friends or something like that well it's like you know so i think i think the gray in between just almost allows to what you were saying like that aspect of you know freedom like the forward moving and just like kind of like cutting through it all you know yeah just fucking like like bypass the noise bypass the the fucking chaos and just be in that that gray lane of just and it's not even referencing anything like political or any, it's more so just like a a frame of mind you know that's my personal take on it like like and this is how i approach creativity and, and especially this music it's like a it's a pathway forward but it's motivated by that kind of chip that I decide to keep on my shoulder because I think anger and hurt can be used as fuel for something positive and for something good. And even though 
our music is very self-serving. It always has been. It's almost been a coping mechanism for our own traumas in life. You know, it, it it's our own safe haven. It's our own space to create whatever we want. But I'm hoping that, especially if, if people are listening to this, this idea of like, well, you know, you're not alone if you feel hurt. You're not alone if you feel displaced or if you feel isolated. And there is a place for you to go and just like, check your problems at the door and let loose and fucking go off whether that's in your headphones or if that's going to a show and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a jd show it just if it's like there are ways to to find your own um like solace i guess your own mm. your your own stability your own peace within the chaos i know i'm speaking kind of vague but i think you can apply it to your own situation you know yeah, I mean, that's everyone, everyone's stories, everyone's story is different, and everyone's going through their own thing. And um, you know, I think things have become that much more difficult these days, you know, because we're in such a precarious world right now, on every level. Yeah, and so it's nice to be able to sort of not look inward, but more so like create the world that you want you know surround yourself with the people that that kind of lift you up and i'm not i'm not trying to like be a fucking motiva motivational speaker here but like <laughs> i'm just reflecting on sort of what i've learned in these years and um if you, if you, if you surround yourself with good people good community and you immerse yourself in like in art and culture that like like resonates with you like your your life will be okay no matter what and uh you know that's all I want is for for people to get their own, you know, find 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 their own path, mm. and um, just know that there's always some way to push through, you know. Yeah, man, I'm even more excited now. I didn't know if we could <laughs> really get there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, switch uh, switch gears here quickly and. I was hoping to talk about a JD member that doesn't really get spoken about that much. And that's the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> the feedback doesn't get enough recognition here. Is there, is there any rhyme or reason to that? Or is that just chaos when you guys are recording it? Cause there's a specific sound and I'm going to edit it in right here. And then we'll do it again just so you can hear it again. And it, you know, comes at the beginning of some of those songs. <laughs> probably going to cut out my terrible impression but the feedback is its <laughs> own instrument right as far as i think I... you should actually just keep your impression of the feedback <laughs> i won't even put the noise in just my terrible no. i'm gonna make that my ringtone if i can actually oh, tight um no man we uh when we were younger we had such shitty equipment <laughs> and <So> um <laughs> you know we uh like nick played out of some I don't know, some solid state crate head. And then Jeff had like a PV solid state. Like, I don't even know. It was like, it was like one speaker or something. And we just had really, I mean, we had no money and we just made do with what we had. And, and so everything was just always feeding back and we sort of just accepted it for, for what it was. We're like, yeah, this sounds kind of cool. Like, fuck it. You know? And we were, kind of erring on the side of playing very fast and chaotic music from the get-go so like 
the feedback just kind of act as acted as a thread for the sound and it wasn't like a deliberate choice it was just kind of like this is just what we sound like and i think the way we make music i don't want to say it calls for it but it certainly doesn't uh in my opinion it doesn't take away from it if anything it adds more strain it adds more uh, suspension you know it's it's oh, yeah. but it's not like a thing where we're in the studio and we're overdubbing fucking feedback you know <laughs> see that's <laughs> what i, I think was that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah so like it, I said, it's its own band member at that's uh that's homegrown feedback <laughs> raw organic natural natural no i just whatever feedback <laughs> whatever happens on tape that that's how it happens and uh you know organic. So you guys have been doing that for so long. You're still doing it Mm -hmm. as a band who's been doing it for so long. Is there like a specific standout memory for you personally in regards to a a favorite show or a favorite tour memory as a band? Yeah. I mean, I can take everyone way back. Um, I'll, I'll, I will always talk about this show. Um, I've, I've talked about it a few times, but we were on tour with Orchid in, I think it was 99. And it was when Chaos is Me came out. So it was like a big deal, you know, the the 12 inch abolition. Mm-hmm. It was like the pinnacle of DIY hardcore, you know, when that came out. And so we were, we were, both bands were playing together a lot. We were playing a lot of local shows in Massachusetts and like all around New England together. We did, um, I think we did like two tours together, but we did a kind of a big one. And it was, it was a big one because there was a lot of excitement about Orchid's LP. And so anyway, we were passing through Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it was a house show in the middle of nowhere, super rural. It, we were driving all day. It was kind of stormy out. We were going through like going through these rolling fields of just, just blowing grass. And then we kind of, drive up this dirt driveway to this house and there were all of these kids just like sitting with their legs hanging off the porch and they were like (laughs) waiting for us you know and so and it was kind of stormy out it was kind of like that vibe where like it was about to like get really nasty Mm -hmm. out and like thunder and shit and we played this house show um and it was so insane because it was (laughs) so packed with kids and we were pushed in this little corner and it was one of the first shows that like kids kind of like went off you know or like we're like going going kind of crazy especially for jd like you know i always still get surprised when when people like move at our shows or or go crazy at our shows i'm like oh this is we must be doing something right you know and (laughs) but but earlier in our day it was like oh cool like kids are moshing awesome and and but these kids were like going off and um it was just the best time and and just those memories of being on tour with those guys and driving across the country and you know it was just such a, it was such an exciting time for everyone and um you know hardcore just it just felt like there's it was just such a there was such a connectivity between every city but it wasn't through phones it wasn't through instagram it was like through letters and fucking phone calls and and yeah. like and there was so much built up anticipation for each show. So even though the shows were like, you know, sometimes 
20 kids, sometimes 40 kids. In that case, at the Sioux Falls show, I think there must have been like 75 or 100 kids packed in that. I don't, it was insane. But That's crazy. Um, but yeah, the, the, those are really special days. But anyways, that show really stands out to me. And, um, you know, there are so many more that I could just like bore you all with. But um, I don't think, I think you, the, our audience would probably be super into that. So, All right, let me tell you one more show that uh, stands out. It was in New York. It was a little bit later in the game, but um, Jay Green from Orchid used to live in Dumbo in Brooklyn. And he had, a, they lived in this loft. It was like a bunch of kids in this loft called 57 Front, 57 Front Street. And uh, we were still in Connecticut at the time, but he was having shows in the loft. And so we drove down to play this show at his loft with that band chick 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 and oh, um, shit. you know the, the three exclamation points and um, yeah, that band's awesome and and i think the red scare and and then it was us but the thing is jeff was late so all the bands played and um and and so we played after chick 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 but the thing is, like after Chick 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 played, <laughs> you know, they they just they disregarded us. Like we, you know, we were, you know, they just didn't care. Like they didn't care that another band was trying to play. So like I just mm -hmm. remember that like the drummer left his drum set set up. They left all their stuff set up, <laughs> and um, I remember I just wasn't having it. I thought it was just really rude, and uh, I mean, I don't have the full account of it, but Jeff told me that like I took the guy's bass drum and like threw it, you know, like I just like <sighs> threw it off the, there wasn't even a stage. I just like, I kind of just like aggressively moved it out of the way because I was annoyed and I was such an angry kid. Like I was such a, you know, I was such like a live wire, but I wouldn't have, I would never do that now. But I just remember how we were just wearing that anger on our sleeves when we we're younger and, uh, you know, you look back on it and you're like, damn, what, what a fucking, like, yeah, <laughs> we were fucked up, <laughs> but it was a cool loft. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it sounds sick. Yeah. He had a lot of shows there. I remember, um, Lasavi Fav did like a show there. It was like a total fucking rager, like a total party. And, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Lasavi Fav, but they yeah, were, they were a that name in a long time. Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, old sub pop band and Brooklyn band, I think. Yeah. And, and those days were those days were cool because it wasn't the genre the genres of bands were so mixed up like you could see like mm. sort of like a new wave punk band play with a screamo band or a youth crew band or a fucking ska band or like an indie rock band or an acoustic act or whatever like it, it was so much more mixed up back then i i think it'd be cool to kind of see that see more of that i think i've talked to some people who have said that like they're seeing more mixed up bills yeah which i think is cool um because it kind of harkens back to those old days now everything is so genre specific segmented in a lot of different ways yeah 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 you know but yeah the old days were fun mm. <laughs> did you have the next one Liz? i thought Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I because you mentioned Jason Green and you were talking about Orchid. I mean, I'm sure you yeah. probably know, but like the Skull Split is considered probably like the most iconic and sought after piece of like, I don't know if you like the, you know, being ascribed this way, a screamo memorabilia. 
but yeah, a screamo relic <laughs> a screamo relic as it's been called yeah very much do you are you like fully aware of like the almost meme like nature around it and do you have like any like stories from like how that came together a little bit yeah absolutely um it, it's weird to think that that record has become sort of the touch point for this genre of music i'm both like uh, you know totally like thrown by it but i'm also kind of like you know it's really it's just really cool that it kind of became the thing um and sort of the relationship between jd and orchid and that was such a special record because you know i don't i don't think people were really doing die cut records at the time some were i remember the swarm they put out like a buzzsaw kind of mm. die cut album but um i think it was a 10 inch but um so at the time, so this guy, Christopher Williams, he had a, a label called Witching Hour. And I apologize if you, if everyone listening already knows very well who Witching Hour is or what records they put out. But if you, if you don't just do a little digging, you'll find that Witching Hour was a label from Indianapolis that was putting out some incredible bands from that time. And not only were the bands great, but the packaging that this guy did for the bands was just some of the coolest most like intricate stuff you would see you know you would like dig through uh you know a crate of records and then you would pull out and just see this unexpected packaging and the jd orchid split the skull split is is a prime example of that um he just wanted to pull out all the stops. And by the way, Chris Williams was not only the founder of Witching Hour Records, he was this, one of the singers of Race Bannon, which was also another like crazy weirdo, you know, hardcore group. Which Love Race Bannon. Yeah, Race Bannon. We toured with them along with Usurp Synapse. We did a tour called Pick Your Poison. And I think that was in 2000. And that was wild. That was so fucking wild. Um, and so much fun. But anyway, the... um the record the the skull split was um it was a real collaboration because um not only were the bands on it but like you know chris norris from combat wounded veteran and reversal of man did the artwork for it you know which is pretty cool and um you know everyone everyone kind of had their ideas and what what they wanted to do i mean i remember will from orchid he He's, he came up with this funny idea of make, wanting the record to be the shape of a baseball bat. And I don't, I think everyone just didn't really see how that would work. And then I forgot who decided to like go with the tried and true skull. But when we saw the artwork th that Chris did, it was like, fuck, that is wild. Like, that's not just like a regular skull. That's a fucked up, weird, just piece of art, you know? And, um, and with you know one band playing from the outside in and one band playing from the inside out, you know the grooves being reversed. I mean, it was above and beyond me. I I couldn't believe that we were one of the bands on it. You know, it was such a such a such an involved release. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was saying this to someone earlier this week actually. How while you know we're all aware of what that record became, for me personally, it almost it, it's almost more so a marker of time, you know, mm. like I look at it um, and I'm like, yeah, that was a wild time. And I think about everyone who was involved around it and it just makes me, you know, kind of nostalgic and 
just think about all the people um, who were kind of in the vicinity of of that era of of punk, you know, in our world. And um, yeah, I remember when we first got them. You know, I took them out and like I saw like the the red the red ink, and then I saw the black ink, and then we saw the glow into dark ink, and I'm like, damn, man, yeah, like this is insane. I still ha- I, th- I have three of them. Um, I think I have two red and one black or something, but That's they're just awesome. like they're just packed out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no hang glow on, to those. The, no no glow in the dark though. Ah, dang. I'm sure though. I've seen I've seen pictures of. I've never actually been in the same room as a skull split. If like that tells you how much we consider it culturally and like you know how rare they are overall <laughs> you're gonna get yeah, messages now but the they're pretty rare three the people know you have three you're gonna get messages. i know that's true yeah. <laughs> let's make sure to not give any incriminating information away <laughs> <laughs> i've seen i've seen them go for absurd prices but um Ooh. i'm not much of a like record nerd like that like i i don't mm. i don't um spend money on records like that but i can i can kind of appreciate the the chase i guess or like the the pursuit of finding stuff like that but it just becomes so so expensive but i guess that's just kind of how it how it goes you know it's like a rare item so people Mm -hmm. are willing to spend money on it but um yeah that was definitely a cool thing to be a part of yeah i I, like it's um it's just yeah again i i look at it more so like a marker of time because i'm mean, a fun fact about that record is that those songs our songs on that side of the record were actually recorded in the same session as the 10 inch uh sing means more than safety that was oh. all same recording that's wild yeah but they sound they they very distinctly have their own feels or something like i don't know that's like, what i was gonna say that wouldn't have pegged that at all yeah I think it's just the, I mean, I think that goes to show like context is everything, you know, like, yeah, right. Um, but, um, the, the, the songs that we chose for the, the skull split, it just made sense to us. We're like, yeah, this, these have to go on this record. So mm. yeah, it was really, it was a, a really exciting time. I mean, just the idea of doing a split with those guys and, um, you know, cause the, you know, or- orchid back in the day, they were sort of like our kindred spirits, you know, they were like hmm. the band who just kind of like got us. They they were the band who like just saw what they just understood what they, what we were doing. And they like took us in with full open arms as friends and as fellow, you know, punks. Like they, there was just such an alignment of it's like, okay, we're all weirdos. Let's go on tour. You know, let's, <laughs> let's play shows. And that's just how it was. It was, it was so easy. And so, um, it really was just like a, just a big group of friends just doing shit, you know. And I, I used to live with Will from Orchid and um, Tim Tim Glowick from the band Wolves. We had a a house in Amherst, Massachusetts called the Rock House, and that's where the um the first studio of of um because Will does Dead Air Studios, hmm. so the first iteration of that was actually in the garage of the house that we lived in you know we we were like staple, stapling carpet to the uh the walls of the the garage you know and total fire hazard but you know <laughs> um that's where will started recording you know the the throughway between the kitchen and the garage is where will had his little contr- control room and um you know but but it was a cool time you know um 
yeah, I'm just kind of recalling when when JD rehearsed and wrote Presents, the second record after the 10 inch, that was all done in that house in Amherst. Um, in my bedroom, I would like fold up my futon <laughs> bed and like put it against the wall. We would set our shit up and rehearse for a few hours and then come out and, you know, cook dinner. And and then Jeff and Nick, because they were still living in Connecticut at the time, I had moved up to Massachusetts because I was thinking about wanting to go to school up there, which I did for a year. I went to UMass Amherst for a year before I moved to New York and transferred mm-hmm. down there. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. Please interrupt me. I'm just no, going no. off memory lane. No, we're letting this happen, man. No, these are <laughs> these are great. Thanks for sharing. I'm trying. I'm this. trying. I'm trying to give some some nuggets that maybe people might be stoked on. Oh, I mean, anything. I don't know if you know. There's a huge push for archiving historical information in the scene right now. Like I, I'm a part of multiple archivists, like chats and kids oh, going on awesome. this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, that's so there's cool. a big. It's a big thing about like scanning images and you know people are digging up like emo bands that probably would have just like died to time they like had like 27 inches they somehow managed to got pressed because their uncle knew a guy like kind yeah. of bands in the middle of like nowhere so i think that's anything. so cool and and props to you um and anyone else who's doing that i think it's so important um and it's i think that's really special i i'll, I'll say that i really appreciate knowing that you're doing that because it otherwise will just get lost and forgotten and i know you kind of touch on that in your your one of your questions um about about well i'll let you guys ask it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was like which one i was like no no, we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it i'm gonna skip along now like what haven't what band haven't you played with yet that you'd you'd love to share the stage with is there one particular band you're thinking about in the future you would just love to rock a tour with or a stage yeah um it could be a it's mix. So funny. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about this one and I thought like, oh, I I can give like you know, the kind of like lofty lofty ambition of like some you know, I I don't even know, but to tell you the truth, what comes to mind is a band that I very much admire and they're still very very active and they're also Canadian. Um and the band is Mets. Um you know, we we're friendly with those guys. We know we've seen them a handful of times when they've come through town. Um, we're we're friends with their sound person, um, and they're just they're a band who, um, you know, they're I wouldn't even call them a little outside the circles. Like they're punk as fuck, and they are so good live. And I we recently saw them in Oakland. Um, I don't know a few months ago, but they just ripped so hard and i'm like damn man this is how you do it and those guys have been playing for over a decade and you could tell they're talking about chemistry right like you just see the three of them on stage and they're just ripping through the set and they just got the thing and so yeah we haven't played with them we've you know we've chatted with them hung out with them i i actually just recently interviewed alex the singer on my podcast micro spy um a few weeks ago um talked to talk about more so his new record weird nightmare or his new band weird nightmare which is like his solo project and it's great if you haven't heard it um the record's out on sub pop as well and um yeah so like i i, I think of a band like that because when when watching them live 
again, not to be cheesy, but it's like, it really is like a transcendent experience where like, you're just, you're, you're like levitating with them because they're levitated and they're just fucking like going full throttle and with like reckless abandon, you know, they're, they're not thinking about how to play the songs. The songs are just being played, you know, it's that type of thing. And that, that comes with experience and that comes with confidence and that comes with, you know, 10 years of playing with the same guys uh, or people, you know, and like, it's just, a, it's a cool thing to see, you know, like, of course I, I respect the, the younger bands and like the newer bands or anyone who's trying to do their thing. But then, you know, props to the ones who've been like at it and like, you can just tell and uh, you could really feel it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully. And I mean, never say never. I, I would love to play shows with those guys at some point. And who knows, maybe, maybe this year, maybe next year. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully it happens. Fingers crossed. That'd be a sick tour though. I would say. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be really fun. Yeah. So I- it'd be really fun. I'd, I'd say since the beginning of the pandemic, if not before, yeah, no, I'll say since the beginning, um, since shows started coming back, it's been like the era of reunions. Everyone's yeah. doing it. Obviously, you guys are back. Tons of other bands are back. Satia, uh, city of band, city of Caterpillar, I was say city Caterpillar, right? Yeah, loving memory. A... Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I yeah. When was that announced? They started for... posting a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. their shows in september i think oh fantastic i was unaware okay yeah. so everybody's doing it who hasn't done it yet that you would love to see <laughs> that was the question well i mean selfishly i i would love to experience seeing reversal of man again you know mm-hmm. uh Great reversal of man was another band that was in the circles back then you know it was like I felt like I was seeing bands like Page 99, Seisha, Reversal Man. Um, I mean, uh, so many others, but Reversal Man was one of those bands for me that I saw back then. They, oh man, you know, again, you just, you get transported to somewhere else and, um, their, their live energy is like unmatched. Um, I don't, are you guys familiar with reversal oh yeah i have the the only thing i have by them unfortunately is their split with i think it was incendiary and i i'm wearing the grooves in that thing i gotta get another <laughs> yeah for me the the record was uh their 10 inch revolution summer mm. and um yeah and the, the summer that they came out you know they were doing some touring with jenny piccolo and and the locust so it was like a big deal. It's like, oh fuck, Reversal Man, Jenny Piccolo, The Locust, like oh, Justin Pearson's band. Like, oh, this is yeah. fucking huge. Like the the tour was just, um, it was it was the big one back then, you know. And any every time that I I I've seen that band, it is like a whole other experience because it it obviously it was such a catharsis for the the audience the audience was like in just waves you know kids are just spilling all over each other but when you when you would see them perform you could just tell that there was something going through them all like they were just they became this this like wall of chaos beautiful chaos and um 
Yeah, man. Like, I think there are bands out there who are, who are, you know, doing it to maybe that degree of intensity, but I still feel like, you know, again, there's just something really different about the, that era of, of hardcore that I don't think can be replicated to tell you the truth. And that might be arguable. I don't know. Like, I think it's just more so like the components of the time, you know, in terms of what, you know, the, the, the confines of, of having to be at the show versus seeing it on YouTube, you know, yeah. or like not being able to deep dive the, the catalog on Spotify. It's like, you have to be there. You have to be on the floor. You have to fucking, you know, put the record on the player. Um, and again, I, I'm not trying to like say like back then was, it was better than now. Cause that's not true. It's just, it's just, I, I think, I'm in a unique position as you know, being a little bit older, um, having been in the in that mix and like having experienced it in that. Because I'm I'm only drawing from my personal experience. You know, I'm not saying that's one way or the other, but um, yeah, there was just a different energy back then. You know, it felt much smaller too. You know, if like oh, yeah. it, it wasn't screamo, it was just fucking hardcore. Like it wasn't. You know, we we knew that we were everyone in you know all the bands we i think we all knew that we were weirdos and like doing something <laughs> different but we didn't we didn't have a name for it mm. we were just like a bunch of kids from all different cities crossing each other's paths sometimes touring with each other sometimes you know sleeping on on each other's floors or whatever and and um you know it was just like a really um well, again, I'm just recalling our our younger years. Like when you're 20 years old, and you have this world around us that is like you're 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 so connected with all these other, you know, kids who are like off the beaten path and like not, you know, not the quarter star or you know quarterback star football player or cheerleader or you know it's like you're like you're you're like the weird kid, and then. Mm -hmm you suddenly find yourself in these, you know, venues or like, you know, VFW halls or basements, um, you know, watching these bands play or, or you're playing the show yourself and you're hanging out at the end of the show and you're like playing kickball out in the middle of the street and like, just really like nostalgic shit, like just almost like simpler times, you know, um, mm. there's just something so pure about it. Um, that again, I haven't actually, I, you know, I'm like recalling this stuff. I'm like closing my eyes, like thinking about it. Like, um, I'm literally recalling a time where Orchid and JD played a sh like a house show somewhere. And then afterwards we were just like kicking a ball, like down the street with each other and like just <laughs> being kids. It was, it was awesome, you know, but whether you're 23 or you're 43, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like, what still drives you creatively, you know? And that's what I've kind of come to realize that, you know, I don't think creativity needs to be one thing. I think that's actually, you know, that's, that's not a good thing. But um, for me personally, like, I just, I love this shit so much. And like, I, it, it like, I'm, I'm still so obsessed with it. You know, this idea of making this music that just, you know, feeds myself 
personally, you know, on a, you know, an expressive level, a creative level, um, and then a collaborative aspect to it as well. You know, that like, again, not trying to make chemistry as a theme, but going back to that idea of sharing it with other people, whether it's your, your bandmates or, or the fellow kids in the room with you, it's like such a fucking cool thing, you know? Yeah. You said you're going back through memory laying there, closing your eyes, thinking about it. It's a question I love to ask some of the elders, so to speak, that we get on the the podcast. I'm sure no one likes that term. Old head maybe sounds better. I tried to push Scrampa, but Rob doesn't like Scrampa. Dude, we call Sean Scrampa. See, I told you it's a thing. God damn it. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. We're not doing it. I don't I don't care. We're scrampas, dude. Just oh, Jesus. Okay, so for someone <laughs> who's been doing it for so long, right? Yeah. Like, what are some of the good and bad changes? Just any changes you've seen since, like, you're you came up in these scenes to now? Like, what would you say is the major things that have changed? Well, uh, you know, accessibility has definitely changed the game. You know. And it's, I don't want to say it's good or bad or good and bad. It's just, it's just what has, it's just how it's evolved, you know, with, with the landscape of, you know, the internet for sure. I mean, honestly, the internet is probably one of the only reasons why we've been able to kind of come back um, and have anyone know who we are because, you know, of Spotify or, or just, or people, you know, uploading files on whatever boards or, you know, like I was unplugged from it for a really long time. It's like, I was very in the thick of it. And then, you know, when JD broke up in 2001, so, so we were banned from 97 to 2001. Mm-hmm. And then I had moved to New York. Jeff eventually went across the country. He moved to SF and, um, you know, we basically just, you know, went our separate ways and like grew up, you know, we just like went to school or like, you know, just trying to like find our identity as like a young adult um, post band. And then, um, and then, yeah, you return to it. And then suddenly everyone is calling it scrams and screamo. It's like, well, this is interesting, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, interesting. In, in terms of like what, what's good or bad about it now i mean or what has changed i really don't know um because i feel like whether it was 20 years ago or now i i think just as human beings like we all still you know there's there's i don't know like the dynamics of people are just what they are i guess in terms of uh how people see things and um how people go about things, but I don't really know to tell you, to tell you the truth. Like, I think, I, I think, I, I think at this point, even though I'm like, I think, you know, we as a band, we're still really like, like we're really involved, you know, we, we, you know, we're fortunate enough to like, you know, know a lot of people in the scene and be fortunate enough to like have really cool opportunities like this, you know, to have conversations like this and all that stuff that might be different actually maybe maybe like the, the the scale or like the the visibility that's definitely a different thing like i said yes accessibility like um to see hardcore in general kind of blow up to this place where bands are actually like playing in front of more than 50 kids that is really cool you know 
I mean, back in the day when when 200 kids would show up, that was a festival, you know. Now now there are bands out there who are playing, you know, 500 cap, 1000 cap, 10,000 cap rooms, you know, like Idols or Turnstile or you know, these bands that just kind of I, I don't want to say crossover, they're just they're getting the attention because of the landscape of accessibility. And I think that's really fucking cool because if if you can share this type of music that is you know, coming from a more, you know, intentional place with regard to to creative expression versus like trying to like nail a pop hit. You know, it's like it's not productized. It's 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 art. You know, this 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 music, this culture. I think it's more artistic than like commercial. You know, yeah. yeah. Yet yet more people are being drawn to it. You know, and I I think and there's pros and cons to everything, but I think that. um I think that's really cool that that the the accessibility is allowing people who otherwise wouldn't have experienced it they're experiencing it and realizing wow this is for me like this shit really hits me on a visceral level I love this music I love this culture I love this community of like you know this web of people doing cool stuff um and it, it transcends beyond music it's kind of like you know like, you know, you guys having a podcast or, or, or writing, you know, or archiving or, you know, playing in bands yourself or something or people, you know, being screen printers or, you know, actual authors or uh, directors. It's just cool how it kind of this, this ripple effect of people just being creative and making stuff, you know. Yeah. I think that's what I, what I like about it so much is this aspect of... Um, and that's that was then and it's certainly now is this idea of this world that we're in you know this creative world that we're in it, it's about making it's about doing it's about again and getting back to that theme of going forward it's like what what can you share with people rather than like take you know like mm. um because i feel like you know especially like american like capitalist culture is so cutthroat and just like i want to make you know as much money as possible with with, with the least amount of work and you know uh yeah i don't want to it's just <laughs> the shit is gross man like and it's running its course it's like our and i don't want to like get too wide on this with like the state of the world but you know when you think about like war when you think about the environment you know falling by the wayside it's all by the doing of, of these greedy motherfuckers who are like mm -hmm. going about their business with complete disregard for what's ahead. All they want to do is line their fucking pockets and drive their little Ferraris and not care about the younger generations that are going to have to deal with this. And now we have to scramble to clean it up. You know, like yeah, the, the younger kids who are seeing this are like, what the fuck, you know? Like the 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 news about like, you know, the Earth, the Earth's temperature rising a degree and a half or whatever, where when it's going to lead to like catastrophic events, whether it's you know sea rise or like more extreme weather and all that. Like, hmm. I don't know. I'm sure people are going to have their opinions about this, which is great. You know, I'm more so just kind of uh, talking about it from a like a a, a blanketed level of just um just like how kind how much the wheels feel like they're coming off at this point you know yeah and how we're watching it happen in very much real time 
Yeah. Like, do do you, how do you guys feel about that? Is it, am I talking crazy or is it like kind of no. logical? Cause it's, it is. No. Yeah. Like you're right. You're right. It, it, it's like, we're watching it crumble. Yeah. You no, know? that's and, a bit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I, I yeah. I mean, that, that's all really. It's just, um, so to kind of bring it back to the context of like music and stuff, like, and, and again, simplicity, like I'm at a point now where, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel old, but I feel old enough. And I, I could just kind of see the writing on the wall where it's like, okay, like hmm. you can either participate in this like bullshit constructed sort of idea of what it means to be successful and to like buy into this system of, of consumption and blah, 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 you know, or you could just kind of like be aware, be informed, but just make shit for yourself, which will ultimately affect other people. And I'm not, I'm not even just talking about like my role as a, as a musician or, you know, playing in a band, but it's like anything that we're all doing, like contributing to culture somehow rather than like destroying it or taking away from it, you know? No, absolutely. Um, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've actually been this vocal about this stuff, but it is getting to a point where it's so fucking absurd. Just like the stuff you see out there. It's like, come yeah. on, man. Like it's overwhelming. A lot of the time. It's overwhelming. And I think there's also like this feeling of like low key trauma that I think, I think a lot of people aren't even processing, you know? Oh yeah. The pandemic was very traumatic and we actually did not stop to process a lot of that. No, no. Like I'm, I'm just still processing. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. And actually, similarly in that vein, my next question was actually geared around. Um, I know, like I'd read that um, there are there's parts of JD's music that's like mentioned childhood trauma and like those moments of like really formative, like potentially awful things that have happened. And like now, though, we live in this era, right, where because of accessibility, because of connectivity, we're seeing people kind of um like reach out to each other in terms of mental health and like find connectivity but i mean you you guys had it in the past like and you know how the scene was and everything this like very cathartic thing um but you're watching it happen again too like you're seeing it being spoken of more openly do you still feel like that very like powerful potent catharsis when you play your music for people and like watching it in other people as well um absolutely you know, I feel like, I feel like, again, similar to what I was talking about with like that band Hawak or like, you know, mm. experiencing watching a band like Reversal of Man or, you know, countless others who've done it in their own way in terms of that public catharsis, that public expression of these, you know, I mean, it's, it's such an infectious energy when you see, you know, fellow human beings putting themselves out like that in a way the, the level of vulnerability you know which i love you know when it comes right. to uh this type of stuff i feel like it's it's important to allow yourself to be vulnerable so i think that's where it gets really good um so when it comes to like this music or when it, this this type of music yeah i mean i feel like that's sort of the the essence of it all or what it you know what it what it is that's what it is for me you know right this aspect of um 
allowing yourself to quote unquote go there, you know? Yeah. Uh, in terms of that headspace or in terms of like tapping into whatever it is, you know, that you feel like you need to kind of extract from in order to, to do the thing. And, um, you know, for me, like, look, uh, we've all, we've all been through our stuff and we're, we're all like just trying to, you know, navigate through. Um, and this makes me think about, um, I, I, I interviewed Mike York from Pianos Become the Teeth a couple months ago. A mm -hmm. uh, really great guy, and we were talking something about or something. We, he, I think, I think he was saying something along the lines of like, just because we play and write on like music that's not happy doesn't mean we're not happy right. people. And I, I that really, I think actually the singer, um, the name escapes me. He's his name escapes me just because I'm just a little Kyle bit Durfee. brain dead right now. What's that? I think it's Kyle Durfee, I want to say. For pianos become the teeth, it's right? Kyle, yeah, yeah. Very nice guys. But um I think he said that. And anyway, like like mm. so that's kind of my my school of thought where it's like, you know, I think I'm I'm a happy person. Um general generally happy person. I'm a grateful person. But of course, you know, just like everyone else, there there's like those corners in your in your mind or in your heart where you just you feel like you need to take from and turn it into something. Yeah. And um, that's what I see a lot of people doing, you know, um, sometimes you could feel it more than others. And I think, you know, maybe the ones where you can't feel it, it's either they're holding back or, or it's just not there, but then you mm -hmm. definitely know the ones who are fucking putting, putting it out on the line. And so, um, I really appreciate that aspect of it more now than ever, just that just being a little bit older, but still being very much connected to it, you know? Um, yeah. Cause like, look, I, I'm not, I'm not the angsty, angry kid I was 20 years ago, but I have my own set of like new reasons to have whatever I, I have got, you know, whatever's going on, you know, with me personally, you know, mm. um, and it's not like, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm, I don't think like, I, I mean, I think there are people out there who have way more challenges than I do when it comes to like mental health and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty aware of uh, the effects of mental health and just in, in terms of being proximity and proximity to, to people, you know, close, close people in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just all about how you you figure out how like how to manage it all, you know, in your own way that works for you. Yeah. You know. I mean, um, yeah, because if if it's mis if it's mismanaged, you know, life can go south pretty quickly for people, you know, in, in like the worst, most sad ways, um, tragic ways. And you see it and you read about it, you hear about it all the time. And um you know, again, that's why I kind of just like keep going back to this idea of, of simplicity, you know, for, for me at least, you know, like, um, 
Yeah. So I, I know that we kind of trailed off from the original question about, you know, the difference between it, mm-hmm. back then and now, but I, I think there is some through line, I think just in terms of, I, I'm really just trying to come at it from a more personal standpoint, you know, like less yeah. observational of like the outside scene and more so just like how I'm like how I'm operating as someone who's still involved in it, but a different person more or less, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, this yeah. is that through line. This is you as the member of the band, not just as a member of the band, but also as a person who is yeah. creating music. And like, that is an insight that I think is important and important for other kids to hear too. And that's why I wanted to kind of like take the time to talk about the difficulty that we find in the scene as well. A lot of kids have struggle with mental health and they find this music yeah. as a cathartic point, but then they don't talk about it. You know, or like the music seems to be the only salve or bomb that they look for. So um. it's really true. And we've gotten messages from kids um, who, uh, you know, they, they share, they, they, they share those types of things with us, you know, Mm -hmm. where, you know, I I guess they feel that they can like share that, you know, through a DM and maybe they feel that there's a connection through the music where they can DM blindly and just be like, Hey, you got me through some really hard times or like, yeah, I was doing this last year, but I've I've decided to try and change things, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, some of the messages are are really like they're really moving and like they're really they're really uh, you know it it's it it's suddenly it, it, these are these types of communications uh, are reminders that like there are people out there who who really like you know like you said they like the writing is on the wall that that people you know they they come to this type of stuff whether it's this type of music or if it's something else like hmm. people seek that kind of safety in whatever it is that makes them feel like they can have some footing in their life you know and i think that's what that's why i think creating is so important you know in general yeah um i mean so. that's what I mean, you have so many creative outlets. We actually kind of, I know this is like kind of a little bit of a hard pivot, but um, I wanted to ask too about like MicroSpy and like, because it started as the podcast, right? But then it seems that now it's kind of also sort of like a, like a media thing where like you're putting out the the record through it as well, right? Well, so MicroSpy, the name actually came about in 2001 when we put out Presents. And what we did, if if anyone has that packaging of the presents <laughs> CD, in the liner notes, um, you'll see it says, "All songs, um, copyright. All songs copyright. Microspy BMI." And BMI, if 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 you don't know, BMI is a royalty collecting agency for. Music that's played on the radio, or music that's played on TV, or that's licensed to movies and stuff like that, and so that's the kind of funny origin story of the name Microspy. It was originally just to kind of like make us look more professional in the liner notes of Presents, even though I didn't even know what a royalty <laughs> collection agency was. And and then cut to eighteen years or seventeen years later, I'm like, uh, I want to start, I want to start like a label slash thing called microspine and so it actually started out as a label first um what what 
we did was we, we reissued this a second pressing of the 10 inch seeing means more than safety and i i put that out under microspine so that was the first release um and it wasn't until 2019 or i can't remember when that first interview was with sean if that was in 2020 or probably the early parts of 2020 but anyway um but yeah so microspy now is just kind of like it's not it, it's definitely more of a podcast now than a label but it's mm. kind of like um it's sort of just something that i'm slowly chipping away at you know with with podcast episodes and interviews the occasional reissue um in fact microspy is going to be releasing something this summer but it has yet to be released or um yet to be announced Ooh. but we will be announcing that soon and i'm really excited about that we love an exclusive over here at the podcast mm -hmm. yeah i'm super hyped that you're gonna tell us right now that's really cool dude. <laughs> okay so that. this is what it is <laughs> um you didn't have to do that man <laughs> so we, we've gotten heavy we've gone down memory lane and uh, we usually like to wrap it up just being complete goofballs around here. So I, I got a couple stupid questions for you. Let's hear it. Elias is more of a documentarian. I'm more of just some goof host here. <laughs> I love asking people shit they've probably never been asked before. I don't know how many interviews you've done, podcasts you've done, but I'm hoping no one's ever asked you if there's anyone you could punch in the face one time, as hard <laughs> as you can, with no repercussions, who would you punch and why? <sighs> Just one person. If there's a big list, you gotta just pick that top. Uh, can I can I say like two? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Go ahead. If they're standing next to each other, maybe you could. Oh, dummy. With the yeah. Well, they okay. they might as well. So, man, okay. in the context of this question, right? Yeah, I would love <laughs> to fucking punch Trump in the face. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah, easy. Pick. Just easy like, pick. just give me the fucking brass knuckles. <laughs> Oh, and let me let me punch yeah. that guy in the fucking face oh, and like I'll hand. punch his orange whatever I just he he ugh. yeah so I'd, I'd love I would love to punch him in the face mm -hmm. and um you know I, I I I'll take that as my only punch but then I will just say like you know I think it's been really uh, hard to see all of this brutality across the country um, by by the police. So, like the police as an institution, again, I'm not political, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. I think. I... Is there a specific cop you want to punch? <laughs> <laughs> the whole <Yeah>. police force. <laughs> I just think, um, you know, in America at least, you know, as an institution, it's um, it can it. It just continually proves itself to be a very, a very bad, um, a, a very bad institution. You know, mm. um, the violence and the level of um, non-accountability and like I, it just again, it just plays into the wheels coming off. And um, again, it also plays into the theme of scale and accessibility the 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 coverage of all this stuff it's like you have to be really mindful of how much you decide to consume of this type of thing you know it's like i feel like there's there's a a, a responsibility to be aware of it but man it fucking it it could take a toll on you you know when you it, it could be overwhelming when you actually see just how bad it is and um 
yeah Absolutely. i think i correlate i think i correlate those two just because of you know i just feel like they uh mutually kind of give each other permission to do bad things but anyway yeah uncheck no, nothing, nothing, powers. yeah no, nothing new here what i'm what i'm saying i mean, I, th- <laughs> probably, I probably am speaking you know i'm sure a lot of people agree with it even if you don't you know i'm sorry but that's okay too you know yeah <laughs> I don't a know. Lot, a lot of people don't agree with uh, the term I'm going to throw out here, which is guilty pleasure. Is there any sort of music you listen to? <laughs> You're already laughing. Is there something you listen to that could be considered a guilty pleasure, either to yourself or by others? So this, let's see. Okay, I've I've got it. Nice. All right. I just had to pull up Spotify just to double check. I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty guilty pleasure. Nice. <laughs> All right, here it is. And I don't really want to feel guilty about it, but this is perfect, right? You know whose record I kind of liked? And when it came out, I was really intrigued by it. 21 Pilots Trench. Oh, I would not have pegged you as a 21 Pilot <laughs> fan. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I think you just you know, broke I'm Rob's trying, heart. I'm trying to give you gold here. That is um, gold. That's why I'm laughing. That's crazy. Dude, 21 Pilots, the record Trench. Okay. That was a whole thing. There, there's yeah. the guilty pleasure for you. I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, God, is this is this like like is someone gonna like come up behind me and see me like watching these videos? And like <laughs> <laughs> because I think I was more intrigued by the production value of like mm. how deep they went with the concept of the record. Yeah. So, and it worked. It kept me intrigued. I'm like, well, this is happening in one video. What's going to happen in the next? And like, you know, and I'm, yeah. but I'm also kind of intrigued by, by their, you know, them growing up as besties and like, you know, the singer, uh, what's his name? I forget, forgot his name. Uh, but, uh, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Why Tyler you know and Josh. Why do you know that? I listen to all of the music, Rob. I, We've been I, over I, this. I, Moving I, on. I, 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 <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. Like, like, there's something about them that I could really appreciate. For one, like, I think they are really talented, and I think they clearly work really hard. And I think, from like a pop standpoint, I think they have really good pop songs. Mm. But it's kind of veiled in this, uh, you know, interesting style, like you know, melding of genres and and. Mm. Um, but anyways, when Trench came out, which was like what two years ago, three years ago, Something um, like I was, I was a little intrigued by it. So there you go. There's my answer. That's a great answer. I didn't expect <laughs> them to have concepts uh, or big thoughts. I just thought it was really cheesy pop shit. So that uh, that's it could be construed as that for sure. Like uh, that's how I took it in. Hundred percent. There's a meme of a sideways beanie, like a like a beanie hat with just a little brim on it, and it's like this is 21 Pilots for whatever reason. (laughs) (laughs) I remember those hats. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about with like the yeah. You still see them on the mountains sometimes. You go snowboarding or whatever too. Oh yeah, they're still a thing. I think in parts of California, at least that I've seen. What's that? The the beanies with the brims. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. That just reminds me of like old old 90s vibes. In it, right? Right, right. Did you uh <laughs> did you have an album of the year for 2022? That's the one question. The most, that's the one question I'm I'm not prepared to fully be like this album is album of the year for 2022. But um the answer, yeah. Yeah. 
but I could say that um, the one band that stood out to me was that band Avlov. Have you have you guys heard it? I have never listened to them. There were, from my understanding, because I don't I don't know exactly. Uh, like I don't know their story, but I do think mm-hmm. they're from Connecticut. Oh, I think we can look that up actually. But um, anyways, this band Avlov they came out with like a Let's see. Yeah, see, see. but it's just really like fuzzy, kind of like indie rock, but just like really mm-hmm. catchy, great melodies, but also really, um, it's really melancholic, you know, it's just, and that's, I love melancholic music. It doesn't have yeah. to just be like hardcore stuff, but like, um, they're from Newtown, Connecticut. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I remembered. Yeah. So, um, I just think that's kind of cool. They're just like a new, a newer band and I think they are on hiatus right now. I think the singers, um, kind of going through some personal stuff, but mm. the music is fantastic. So yeah. Very cool. Check them out. Yeah. Check them out. There's also another band adjacent to them who I think, uh, one of the members, I don't know what, what members from Avlov are in it. It might well, I'm not going to try to figure it out, but anyways, I think it's called Stove, and Stove is a very similar vibe. Only it's female vocals, and it's just it's awesome. Yeah, it's just just like melancholic indie rock. Well, on our way out, while we're wrapping up, I like to throw one last philosophical type of question: Is uh, if you could give the world a gift, and it doesn't have to be a material possession. But if yeah. you could give the entire world a gift, what would it be and why? I don't want this to come across as cheesy, but um I just read an article or I I I uh I just I, I skimmed over a, a, an article about the I think I think it's like um three billion people without like clean drinking water or something like that. Yeah. It's just staggering statistics out there. So, I mean, look, in a, a blanket answer would be, I would love, if I had the power, I would love to give every single human being on this planet clean drinking water, clean air, a roof over their head, and, like, healthy food, you know? yeah. I know it's so basic to say that, but, man, like, so many people don't have that, and... uh so yeah, if I had the power, I would I really wish I could just snap my fingers and give everyone those things. It's a great answer. No one's come across the the clean drinking water thing yet. Yeah. It's that's fucking so crazy. And then I also read that, that that yeah. well, I also read that there's um there's a very real um shortage of of clean water, I believe. I I can't. I'm not going to mm. bother speaking to it because I, I I just literally saw this today about um how again the wheels continue to to come off and you know water is suddenly going to be a a big a point scarce, of conversation. Resource, yeah. yeah, scarcity, um, the scarce resource. So I'm like, well, if I'm here for another 45 years, hopefully, like I'm just going to try and see it through as best I can, as positively as I can, and you know, just embrace that and just hope for the best. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. I'm going to ask. We got dark and uh, <laughs> we got a little heavy emotionally here throughout the podcast. How long do you think is left on the doomsday clock? Because I, I don't think we're going to see it in our time, but I think like maybe, maybe like two more generations could be. 
doomsday like in, in terms of like an asteroid of, or a nuclear like end war? End of times just in general. Well, I think it depends on whether or not the, the red button is pushed by motherfucking Putin great, over there, you know? I don't know. Yeah. You know, point. there's there yeah. his fucking minions are like saying, oh, you know, it's high, like like the risk of nuclear war is higher than ever. And, you know, he has like a international warrant out for his arrest. And they're like, oh, well, if he's arrested and detained, we will see that as a, an act of war. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, and are they just trying to find the reason to send out a, a nuclear warhead? It's like, I can't with this shit. I can't. So whether it's that or if it's an asteroid. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Me either now. Me either now. There's so I much. Thought, open I thought I had the answer. Now you just I, know, I, I thought I had I, the answer. <laughs> like, I never thought that we would be kind of actually like seriously talking about stuff like that right yeah like the risk the warfare to that degree like what is going on here um i hear you but I hear you. yeah i hope we didn't get too heavy i hope people weren't like <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, we totally did that's okay <laughs> there's some good there's plenty of other lighter nuggets like throughout i mean here, maybe but... it's what maybe it's what the kids want i don't know <laughs> i mean it's what the kids are thinking about i can guarantee you that <laughs> oh fuck yeah. yeah who's not thinking about it yeah make the audio don't forget to leave a comment nice. below yeah yeah <laughs> like and subscribe, like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> i'll make the we audio highlight well i'll make the audio highlight nice guys you're gonna die anyway subscribe to the patreon you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's true yeah we got a patreon too i guess i'll plug that <laughs> just yeah. be a real ass yeah that, i mean that's a high note patreon <laughs> yeah. man <laughs> We got we got to plug you guys though uh, on a wrap up. Um, yeah. Is there is there any is there any th like what's the next goal or milestone you want to accomplish with the dream? Is there, uh, the dream. Yeah, I could call him the dream now. Yeah. Is there like a big festival you've always dreamed to play in or a stage? You're laughing at me calling him the dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only because I love it. All right. What's the next stage of the dream? What's the next? Uh, uh, honestly, it, it's just to continue what we're doing and to um, right. you know, let this become what it's gonna become or not become like i i i just uh i just want to keep doing what we're doing and um you know it, uh, again it's it's all about just um making making stuff that speaks to you do it with your friends and just let it happen you know like do it with intention but but just um just enjoy the ride basically you know have your ambitions have your goals you know but in terms of specifics of like, oh, um, you know, we want to play XYZ Fest and and this and that. It's like if we could if we could play a room full of people and they're stoked to be there as much as we are, that's the dream. You yeah. know? Like if people if people are down to just like, you know, come to our shows and maybe buy a t-shirt that would be cool you know like i mean of course we you know we would love nothing more than for this thing to grow i mean it's already it's already grown beyond what we could have ever imagined um and we're super super grateful for it like we we understand how lucky we are to still be kicking around like this but um yeah you know i think the key is to like have your drive, have your ambition, but also just like, you know, don't just like try to like, you know, 
don't try to get ahead yourself. Like, like trying, like, and, and this is exactly what you guys are doing. It's like you're, the culture is coming up together because everyone is is contributing something, you know. Whether yeah. it's people making records, or if it's people recording the records, or if it's people, you know, uh, yeah, like I, I just think it's such a powerful thing to be able to see all this happening, you know. And so I think that's the key: is that we all just kind of keep going forward together and um, keep making, and let this thing kind of evolve the way it's going to evolve, just by what we all put into it, and that's it, you know. I'm gonna queue up the outro track for "Don't Stop Believing." Just on that, <laughs> you'll have to pay royalties. Oh yeah, well, I was gonna say, which drum stream BMI? song is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a little right. ditty we wrote back in the day. <laughs> We're changing the format up, Elias. We're gonna play different music. Yeah, whatever. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, last two questions here. I mean, what's sure. coming up for the band this year? What's like? What's on the horizon coming up that you want to do a show? Yeah, the um. so so the 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 laundry list is um you know we have another single coming out uh next month in april before the record drops and we're very excited about that one and then yeah our our record comes out may 5th so you can pre-order it now on iodinerecords.com and uh we're going to be touring with elizabeth color wheel between may and june that's going to be sick um so come come see us in the u.s we'll be we'll be playing predominantly like east coast and like midwest we'll be doing a west coast tour i think in the fall and then uh we're doing some european dates uh this summer as well playing a couple festivals um we are playing um zbr fest in chicago uh, i think may 6th we're doing a couple other exciting things in chicago that um i'm just gonna wait to to reveal but yeah, Chicago is going to be so much fun. And then, um, yeah, just more touring. Basically, once this record is out and everyone can get it, we're just going to be touring and playing and hopefully, uh, you know, seeing all of you at the shows. Yeah, you're coming to Definitely. Canada real soon, right? What's that? You're coming to Canada real soon, right? Dude, I, we really <laughs> want to. In fact, we were... Really? We were, um, no we were, we were trying. We were trying to to do the new friends thing, but scheduling oh, yeah, didn't yeah. work. But um, oh, that's unfortunate. That but nuts. but Jesus. we uh, we would love to, we would love to to hit Canada as soon as possible. You know, we played Toronto and Montreal a few years ago. It was it was awesome. Fucking okay, hey. Yeah, that's we were rad. with Loma. Yeah, it was Loma and, and JD and um, yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. Yeah, we oh. played actually the New Friends pre pre fest show. I forgot what venue it was, but it was super fun. And then, like, I think Respire played. Nice. That makes sense. Um, so way before pandemic, though, right? We're talking. Oh about yeah, 20, yeah. This was this was twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. No, it was like twenty nineteen. Well, that's pretty close. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's basically it. Um. Yeah, everyone, just just you know, enjoy yourself. Do <laughs> do cool things. Have fun. Come see a show, buy a record, support this podcast. Um, oh, thank you. you thank know. you. Start a band and, with your uh, friends. Yeah, exactly. Go to Guitar Center, buy a whammy bar, play Stairway to Heaven. Oh, <laughs> I wish. I wish I could play Stairway to Heaven. Such a good riff. Oh, it's uh, not too late, Eric. <laughs> yeah, it's not, Someone hand me a guitar. <laughs> don't stop believing. I'm not, I don't want to like pigeonhole Sean. I feel like Sean knows the stairway to heaven. Maybe he can help you out. Hey, I would not doubt it. 
<laughs> well, he knows a lot of like, yeah. I'm sure he knows like you know, Freebird and like, all the all the classics. <laughs> the whole solo. <laughs> yeah, just the whole solo for Freebird. <laughs> Big goal. Love it. Uh, oh. This has been so much fun, man. I this was super fun. I, I feel like this was a proper hang. So thank you. Yeah, thank this you. Was awesome. Thank you so much. I'm gonna where's my pause recording button? <laughs>